you can build something like a podcast, something like a blog, something like a YouTube channel, whatever it is. And then you start creating an audience around people that enjoy that topic. And it's something that you could maybe learn about or do for free, things that you just love and you do whether you are paid or not for it. And you can actually build an audience first. And then when you have to make that entrepreneurial switch, if that's what you decide to do, you can already have an audience that's interested in what you're talking about. And you can leverage that for clients or other resources and stuff moving forward. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on episode 613 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the CEO of Success Engineering, Michael Bauman. In today's episode, Michael explains how he built an audience around topics that motivate him and then built a successful business to serve them. It's a simple concept that many people struggle to follow. If you're trying to connect with and build an audience around your expertise, you'll want to listen to my conversation with Michael. Stay with us to hear all the details. As I listened to Michael's story, I was struck by the way in which he was able to learn from others and implement what he learned to help him build the kind of business he wanted. Learning inside a supportive community can be powerful as you struggle with new steps. That's exactly why we've created the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Now let's welcome Michael Bauman. Michael is the CEO of Success Engineering, a Tony Robbins certified coach, and he helps entrepreneurs feel that they are, are enough and know they are not alone. Michael is also the host of the podcast, Success Engineering, where he interviews experts and industry leaders from Broadway directors and actors to multimillionaire CEOs to neuroscientists and more to uncover how they define success, how they create it on a daily basis, and explore the challenges they have overcome both internally and externally to achieve their personal definition of success. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Michael, when was the first time you thought about success? <laughs> so that's a great that's a great question. It was kind of it kind of parallels my dip into the entrepreneurial kind of world. So I started off as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach and I was you know assistant department head of my gym facility. I wanted to help people, you know, so I'm like, oh, you know, exercise is a way to do that and then I discovered that nutrition is maybe a better way to do that arguably depending on your goals. And then I also started to realize you need to learn about behavioral change and change psychology. And it doesn't matter how much you know about either one of those topics unless you can actually coach somebody to eat their vegetables, right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to take all this stuff. I'm going to jump into the entrepreneurial world and start my own online personal training and nutrition coaching company. And needless to say, I totally failed at it. There's a difference between being a technician and being a business owner. And I didn't know it, you know, about the marketing and all of this. So I'm knocking door to door trying to trying to sell my services. And it was a very hard, very, very challenging time. But that kind of instigated that idea of of looking at what really is success? Like, is it success to 
you know, make a ton of money, but then have terrible relationships and, or is it success to, you know, have great relationships, but then, you know, maybe not have enough to provide for your family. And what are the different avenues of life that we can actually analyze this question in, you know, you could be on the cover of Vogue or GQ and actually hate your body and not feel like it's success. So that, that time really kind of was the stirring pot that started me thinking about a lot of these questions and led me up to, you know, where I am today. How did you know where to go for answers? So I read a ton of books. Um, you know, people talk about mentors and, you know, mentors are tremendously important, you know, and I would have, uh, you know, different coaches and stuff at that period as well. But for me, I mean, you can, you can consume information that these top experts in the world have distilled in their top frameworks, their top skills, you know, whatever it is, and they put it in a book. And so I just read those books. I read tons of books. I still do. I mean, last year I read 33 books in, in the year. Not saying you have to. There's a lot to be said for really diving deep into it. But I love reading. I love connecting with people in that way and, and the thoughts that they have. Yeah. What was one of the first books that you read on the topic of success? And and, and I guess it's a, it's also personal development. Yeah. So so for me, what really kind of spurred the story was reading "Start with Why" by Simon Sinek. So probably because I'm just shouting like "Why me?" You know, at the at the sky. But I was like, oh, let me start with why. And there's a part in there where he goes to the the gathering of the titans it's called it's at MIT and he gets to participate in this and basically the speaker asks these multimillionaire CEOs how many of you feel like or how many of you have achieved your financial goals and 80% of them put their hands up they don't really need to work a lot of them for another day in their life then the speaker follows it up with going how many of you feel like a success and 80% of that room put their hands back down and that spurred it going how can we actually feel like a success? We're not looking at the appearance of success. We're looking at how can create the feeling of success in these different areas of our life. How did you find Simon Sinek's book? Oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. That's a, that's a good question. I probably heard about it or saw the golden circle thing on YouTube or something. I'm like, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. I couldn't place it for, for sure, but he's phenomenal at what he does. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Cause I, I'm thinking in my own career, there have often been times when um, I started to look for answers for things, and I, you know, there was a moment when I would discover something new that would lead me down a path. Like uh, absolutely, like I remember uh, back in the days when there were bookstores, going to the bookstore that had the best business section and looking through what they had on a particular topic when I wanted to solve a problem, and then buying three or four books, and they that would often lead me to kind of discover who are the experts in the space. Yeah, I love, I mean, to your to a point there, I love libraries. Like I could just get lost in in libraries. Yeah. Is there one you go to now? Uh, no, so my Kindle. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, going to libraries has been, been challenging the last year and a half. And um, I don't know what kind of access you have where you are in China. Yeah, it's a different story. Right, if you're looking for English language books, yeah, I was a hard copy book person until we moved here to to China. And then just because you're traveling and things you just can't carry around these hardcover books, I went to the Kindle and I love I love hardcover books, but I also love the aspect of being able to highlight things and you can take all the highlights from your book and just have them exported into a document or even search them. So it makes those two aspects easier when you're looking for information. Right. So before you tried to market and sell your services as a coach, you were an employee. Yeah. And did you know anything about entrepreneurship before you tried selling coaching services? 
I thought I did. <laughs> and then you, then you battle test it and you're like, yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> did you try to go back and get another job at any point? Yeah. So what ended up happening at that point is I had to kind of start, so you can market with time and with money. And so I didn't have, I didn't have money. And at first I gave myself time, but my wife wasn't working. We found out we were pregnant with our first kid, maybe two weeks after this period of time. So I'm trying to grow my business and my wife has morning sickness is like throwing up every day. And I'm like, this is so hard. And so then I had to start filling in the gaps in terms of, you know, okay, now maybe I'm doing a little bit of landscaping over here and getting some, you know, personal training clients over here. And I had to try to start doing them both at the same time. And it ended up, I had to just close down what I was doing. And when I started what I'm doing right now in terms of coaching entrepreneurs, I learned from that and I went, how can I do this differently? Like, how can I get income coming in first? And then you can look at different, you know, passive income sources and what that, what that looks like. But I learned a lot of things from that, you know, quote unquote failure with my first entrepreneurial experience. And then I've, I've improved and grown since then. What was the first thing that you felt like you were doing right as an entrepreneur? So building an audience first, so you can use the period of time when you are, you know, employed and maybe there's an area that you're passionate about that you love studying, whatever that is. And you can build something like a podcast, something like a blog, something like a YouTube channel, whatever it is. And then you start creating an audience around people that enjoy that topic. And it's something that you could maybe learn about or do for free things that you just love and you do whether you are paid or not for it. And you can actually build an audience first. And then when you have to make that entrepreneurial switch, if you, if that's what you decide to do, you can already have an audience that's interested in what you're talking about and you can leverage that for clients or other resources and stuff moving forward. And the other thing along that too, and I know it's similar to how you grew your business is looking at potentially the higher paid options first. So whether it's coaching and consulting, you can get one client that'll typically pay you far more than doing an affiliate program, you know, writing a book, starting a podcast um, in terms of the revenue that you can generate. And once you have some of that coming in, then you can explore some of those other quote unquote passive, more passive incomes or recurring revenue streams. Yeah. Do you think that, that people may be intimidated to try to sell what's a, a high cost item first rather than trying to sell something that might be lower cost where you need a larger volume of clients to be able to make the same amount of money. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it comes down to the confidence that you have in what, you, what you're doing. And it's really important to know who do you want to reach, you know, and why do you want to reach them? It comes back to that start with why idea, you know, like you have your why, your how, and your, your what. And so many people focus on the what where really it's going like, why am I passionate about this? There's a really unique, that's along a similar lines. It, it's called the five whys. And it was developed by Toyota. And when they're looking at their manufacturing processes or when they're making decisions, you ask yourself, why am I doing this five times? And it's, you know, let's say personal training, right? You want to lose 30 pounds. Well, you're like, why is that important? Well, I want to feel better. And I want to look better. Okay. Well, why is feeling better and looking better more important? Well, if I feel like I'm in control of my body, then I feel like I'm in control of my life. Well, why is that important? Well, then I feel like I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. So once you dig deep into that, then you have confidence and like, this is my why. This is what lights me up. And then you have the confidence or you develop the confidence in terms of selling it. But that's a challenging thing. Like you have to, you know, the success breeds success idea. You have to get a little bit of success and then you can go, oh, maybe I am worth this much. Maybe I can, you know, do this coaching thing. Yeah. What are your five whys? 
Great. That's a, that's a great question. So for me, once I started unpacking them, I mean, you have the upper layers of like, you know, providing for your family and things like that. But the idea of just, you know, because I coach entrepreneurs specifically around loneliness and looking at that, and it's been a thread in my life. So when I actually asked that question, I thought it would be, you know, I love productivity. I love habits. I love all those aspects. And it's an aspect of it. But really when it came down to it, it's an aspect, and this is in entrepreneurs as well. It's an aspect of how much of what we do is because we're trying to feel like we're enough internally. So we perform and we try to do these things and we're always reaching for this next level because there's this emptiness inside where we go, I'm not enough. Like, I don't feel like enough. I don't feel like I'm productive enough today. I don't feel like I made enough today. I don't feel like, you know, whatever it is, you can insert whatever thing in that area. So for me, it's been that journey of going, how can I actually feel like I'm enough as a father? How can I feel like I'm enough as an entrepreneur? How can I feel like I'm enough as a, as a husband or a spouse or a friend? And you can use that feeling to define success for you. So if you break it down, the why for me is along those lines to going like, what helps me feel like I'm enough? And even if you break it farther than that, there's the stories we tell in different areas of our life that contribute to that. And then even the aspect of just being present, like is being present in this moment with the people around me enough? Like, is that enough? And that's kind of the different layers of success when you look at it. And, you know, you can define it however you want. It's very individual. But for me, that would be one of the the deepest kind of levels of success is going, how can I be more present in my day with the people around me? Okay. And what's enough for you? It depends. It depends. If you look at financially, there's all the research around, you know, your happiness increases up to about 70, 70,000. And then above that, you don't see a, a marked increase in happiness. And the research around that is a little bit different because there is still an increase in terms of the impact. If you're, if you're measuring happiness through impact, you can see an increase in that. But I also am not somebody like I grew up in Papua New Guinea and my family was quite poor. And so money for me is not a big issue. And I feel like I have enough in that category right now. So the other areas is enough for me is more so around feeling like a good, a good father. So what is going like, can I be less reactive with my kids, be less, you know, if I get frustrated or, you know, whatever my four-year-old's throwing a tantrum, you know, can I respond from a, a calm, you know, more peaceful place? That's, that's a better marker for me. And then when you look at, you know, emotions or, or mentally, really clarity of mind, like how can I be at peace in my mind instead of just constantly whirring around and buzzing around in there. Those are those are measures that I look more highly at now than I do more on the income side, the financial side. Right, right. So that, that's actually a great, great way to sort of position yourself and figure out what's important. Going back to your own business development, what was the first high ticket thing that you sold since that that was that was the model that you used to try to build success, right? Yeah. So it was, it was coaching, you know, coaching, coaching an entrepreneur around. So I got certified through, you know, Tony Robbins, basically like, who's the person that does this really, really well? Oh, he does. Well, I can get a certification around that. And it was selling, you know, my first, you know, coaching services around that, just helping people expand, you know, you'll have these people that might have tons of money that have achieved a ton in their life in that regard, and then might be divorced, might be, you know, substance abuse, whether that's drugs or addiction or alcohol, there's all these other areas of, the, of their life that are struggling. And that was the first, you know, more high ticket item that I, that I sold in terms of coaching around that area. Yeah. And how did you become an expert in loneliness? 
a ton, a ton of personal experience and research. So I got really fascinated with this idea of, of social connection and how important it is. So when you look at, when we, we have fundamental needs that we have as people. So if you're, if you're hungry, it's a fundamental need. You're going like, I need to have food. And there's fundamental pains associated with that need. So the longer you go without food, the more your body is pain in pain telling you you need this. Well, we have the same thing. Loneliness is basically our pain for social disconnection. And if you don't have social connection, if you look at it, even in terms of infidence, they don't get their sustenance. They don't get their food and water. And so some people argue that it's even more important than that. And we have this fundamental pain that we feel when we're disconnected from these social groups. And this is compounded when we have COVID. And you know, a lot of times we run through this with entrepreneurship as well. And so we have this fundamental pain and it actually lights up the exact same physical pain network in your brain, the neural network that, that social pain does. And people a lot of times don't realize that. It's very, very important for our social connection. And there's tons of health detriments to being social connected, disconnected over a long period of time, whether that's lower immune system, whether that's decrease in productivity and decision-making, and even how our DNA is transcribed when we're lonely over a long period of time. There's a lot of longitudinal studies that show that, that it's similar in detrimental effects to like obesity, to smoking, to even certain types of like cancer and, and cardiovascular risk in terms of that. And I think people don't value and appreciate the very fundamental need it is to be human is an aspect of loneliness. And it's an important thing. It helps you reconnect with other people. For sure. You actually touched on something that I'd like to go a little deeper on, which is, can you expand on how research can help you to become an expert in a particular area in a way that you have credibility and can feel confident to charge for your services in a way that might be comparable to somebody who's developed their expertise through many years of education and practice? Well, you can take the people that have developed their expertise through many years of education and practice, and you can learn from it. You, you stand on the shoulders of, of giants kind of idea. And so I love systems and I love exploring systems from a wide variety of perspectives. So you can take these people that have researched loneliness, that have literally been the scientists that are developing all of these studies going, how does your brain operate when we induce a certain feeling of, of loneliness through these research? How does it operate you know, in terms of our immune system and our physiology. And you can take that research, but then you can balance it with stuff from philosophy and other, you know, avenues where you're getting these different ideas and you can compile it into something that then you own. But then it is really important to take that theoretical knowledge and apply it on people. And whether that's just, it's what you love doing and you help people around you, you start to then iterate that process and that system. And you go, this worked, you know, you develop feedback loops around it. Maybe that's the person just giving you feedback going, this worked, this didn't work at all. And the more you get, quote unquote, those reps around it, you can iterate that process in terms of now, you know, I can take somebody from this person and end up getting them results and getting them success. And that's what you're ideally wanting to do. Like, how do I get this person from here to solving the problem that they have over here? Right. You Using all of the knowledge that you have built up through, the, through your research. Right. Research and practical application. I want to go back, Michael, to um, our discussion earlier about building an audience first. What was the first audience you decided to build? 
Yeah. So for me, it was um, email, email newsletters, you know, just sending out an audience that way. And then looking at podcasting for, for me. So I have a success engineering podcast and I just started with myself. I just had a microphone and I just was like, let me talk about these books that I love doing, you know, that I love reading and, you know, whoever wants to listen to that can. And then I started getting into interviews after I had, you know, developed the consistency, which is another really important aspect in terms of creating the life that you want to live is just being consistent, consistently showing up. So first with email and then with the, with, then with the podcast. Right. And, and did you have a particular avatar in mind in your audience? I mean, it, it ends up coming, you know, a lot of people say it's like yourself, right? So I'm an entrepreneur with a family. And so I look at like, Oh, entrepreneurs with families. What are the what are the challenges that they face? What are the issues that they what that they face? And you start writing for yourself. Like you just go like, oh, I found this tool that helps me in this area. And you create content around that. And then you gravitate, people gravitate towards the content that you're creating in those areas. So once you started building an audience, how long did it take until you were able to develop business that would serve the audience? So I had, you know, you start off with just a couple clients and that allows you to build the business on the passive, the, the passive side. And then you can get into affiliate marketing and things like that. But a lot of times it takes longer than people expect. So, you know, two years or more, depending on, depending again on your goals and what you're looking at and then how much revenue you're wanting to bring in from those different sources. So it definitely, those first two years for me, were looking at how can I grow the audience without even considering the monetization. And then after that period of time, then I'm going, okay, maybe I can do sponsorships or affiliate marketing and, and explore those avenues. Right. So now that you've been at this for a few years, what do you see in the future? Where would you like this to go? I mean, it's, it's wonderful to be able to, and I know this is an important thing that you talk about as well, to have different sources of income. So if one of them is affected by, you know, let's say COVID, then you have these other things to fall back on. So the podcast is something that it, it can just continue to grow. And the more audience you have, the more you know revenue that you can get from it, the more sponsors or, or whatever that you can have from that. But you can do the same thing. You can develop you know mastermind groups, which is you know something, another thing that as well, it's kind of that midpoint, right? Where you can have more people, but it's a midpoint range between the high one-on-one -on -one premium coaching and other passive incomes. And then you can sell your knowledge. So that could be like an info product, you know, for $9.99 or, you know, whatever it is. So there's these different avenues that you can explore. And then just, it's a compounding interest idea where over time, five years, 10 years, it just compounds on you. Michael, before we close out, is there anything that you would like to mention that I haven't asked you about loneliness, success, and, and um, any area where you have expertise? Yeah, I would just say with success in general, if you don't clearly define it yourself, you will revert to the subconscious of the culture. So what just the culture defines as success and you don't want to get there. Brene Brown has a phenomenal quote. Like you want to make sure your, your ladder is leaning up against the right building. Like you don't want to get there and realize, oh, this isn't actually where I wanted to be. And I think that's a really important aspect. And on the loneliness side, just have, have compassion for yourself. If you actually look at the research, 50% of the loneliness that we experience is a genetically predetermined thing. Certain people have a higher sensitivity to social disconnection than others. So if that might be you and you're like, why is this a big deal for me? Well, it might be genetics, right? But it might be somebody else where you're like, why is it a big deal for them? Having compassion for yourself and for other people is important. And it's a fundamental need. It's something that you're 
body your body needs. And that's why you have that pain associated with it. So those would be kind of the, the things that I would say around those two areas. Sounds great. Well, Michael, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything you've shared today or access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah. So I'm just opening up, you know, one-on-one coaching. I have limited spots, but I'm opening up a couple of spots for, for that um, start of, you know, start of the year. And then in March, I actually have mastermind groups for entrepreneurs around loneliness as well. So if you're interested, you can check that out. Uh, Successengineering.org is my website. Sounds great. Well, Michael, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. Share your experiences and your insights. My guest today has been the CEO and podcast host of Success Engineering, Michael Bauman. Thank you again, Michael, for joining us. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. As Michael shared his story, I was struck by the way in which he was able to learn from others and implement what he learned to help him build the kind of business he wanted. Learning inside a supportive community can be powerful as you struggle with new steps. That's exactly why we've created the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.